Welcome to Talks with T-Time, the podcast. I am your host, Tony T-Time West. And on this podcast, we talk sports, we talk real life events, and man, honestly, we just have fun. Listen, for the next 45 minutes to an hour, I need you to sit back, relax, grab a drink, do whatever you got to do, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Talks with T-Time, the podcast. What is up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T-Time West, man, back again with another episode of Talks with T-Time, the podcast, man, season four, episode 10, man. Appreciate you guys coming back, man. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me on the socials at AO underscore T-Time. Now, that's going to be on Twitter and Instagram. Then you can head over to Twitter again. Follow us on the podcast page at Talks with T-Time P1. And then you can also as well head over to Instagram and follow us at Talks with T-Time the podcast, man. Appreciate you guys' love and support, man. Man, it's crazy that we already in season four, man. I mean, that's just that's just wild to me, bro. Um, anyway, man, thanks y'all. Thanks for coming back, man, and tuning into the podcast, man. Appreciate you guys' love and support, man. Once again, um, a lot to jump into tonight. We're gonna have a lot of fun tonight, man. Um, hope everybody's doing well, man. We coming back to back weeks, man. So y'all don't get that much from me, but it is nice to be back and talking some sports, man. So. Just kind of want to give a little rundown of what we'll be talking about tonight. We're going to start off talking about the college football championship game that took place on Monday uh, where Alabama uh, got another championship over the Ohio State Buckeyes. We'll talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk a lot about the NFL playoffs this weekend, what to expect, some of the things that we've seen last weekend in the NFL playoffs. And then we're also going to talk about this trade stuff that's going on in the NBA right now. It's a lot going on right now in the NBA. So we'll jump into that as well. And then we're going to also bring out another new segment that I used to have on the earlier podcast, but I'm bringing it back. Um, and it's called the Ain't Worth a Nothing segment. And we'll get into that and we'll jump into it more. And it's just like a fun segment that I like to do. Um, but I'll explain it more when we get to that point. But first and foremost, I want to go ahead and jump into college football championship game that took place on Monday night where the Alabama Crimson Tide rolled into Miami Gardens, Florida, uh, with the number one team in the country, loaded with a lot of talent, and also as well coming against the number three Ohio State Buckeyes, who had just knocked off my Clemson Tigers. So, let's go ahead and jump into this game a little bit, man. Big game for the Alabama offense, of course. Um, Let's talk about it then, man. Ohio, uh, Alabama wins the game 52-24. Let's just go over some of the stats. Matt Jones had a tremendous game. 36 uh, for 45, five touchdowns, 464 yards, 98 QBR, one of the highest in the, in the national championship game of all time, if not the highest. Uh, Najee Harris had 22 carries for 79 yards, two touchdowns also as well. Brian um, Robinson Jr. had 10 carries for 69 yards. Devontae Smith is I, – I don't want to sound like a prisoner of the moment, but he might be the best wide receiver I've seen play the game at the college level my whole 25 years of life. He had 12 receptions, 215 yards, three touchdowns, and that's all in the first half. He didn't even play in the second half because he got hurt. John Michi, the third, also as well, had eight receptions for 81 yards, 
Najee Harris also had a big game, receiving the ball with seven receptions for 79 yards and one touchdown. And then let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. Christian Harris had six tackles. Dylan Moses had six tackles, who also declared for the draft today. Chris, uh, Christian Bearmar, who also declared for the draft today as well, had five tackles and a sack. Now, let's go over to Ohio State side of the ball. Justin Fields went 17 for 33, 194 yards, one touchdown. Justin Fields also led the team in rushing with six carries for 67 yards. Master T came in after Trey Sermon got hurt, really after the first play of the game. Um, he had 15 carries for 65 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, receiving side of the ball, Chris Ablay had eight catches for 69 yards. And then Garrett Wilson also had three receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown as well. On the defense side of the ball, Turf Borland had 14 tackles. Justin Hillier had eight. Pete Werner had eight and seven. Banks had seven tackles. So, let's jump to the real stuff that I want to talk about. I mean, this Bama offense was basically an NFL offense. We already knew what was what it was going to be. I had been telling people for weeks, Alabama's going to blow out any team they play in the national championship, including Clemson. And I said this on this podcast a few weeks ago. If Clemson got a national championship with Bama, I'm probably picking Clemson. And you've seen why on Monday. This team is just, they're too athletic, man. They're too fast. They're too smart. They're too fundamentally sound. That Nobody was beating that team, even Clemson. Clemson was not standing in the game with that team. It would have been the same score, maybe even worse, because our secondary I don't think is as good as Ohio State's is. Sean Wade, you might want to consider coming back to Ohio State next year because you lost a ton of money this year. You looked like trash the whole entire year. Um, I mean, <sighs> Devontae Smith, I know he did this to a lot of people this year, but – I mean, even in the college football semifinals, Cornell Powell had Sean Wade just looking absolutely lost. The 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 uh, Indiana game, uh, what's my guy? What's his name? Frogel, Trey Frogel. He had he had Sean Wade looking lost the whole entire game. Sean Wade has looked bad this year. He needs to come back for another year. Um. I mean, I, absolutely great game for Mac Jones. I know I try to slander him a lot on the TL, but I'm not slandering his college play. He's one, he's one of the good college quarterbacks that we've seen, but as far as NFL potential, I don't think it's there. Um, he's good. You know, he's, you know, he's good, but I don't see him being a franchise starting quarterback. I see him more so being probably a perennial low-tier starter, possibly even backup quarterback in the NFL, but I think he's going to be really, he, he did a really good job at Alabama for the time being. Um, I mean, there's really not even much to talk about with this game because I kind of already knew this would possibly happen. I thought it would be a little closer than what it is, but it was not. Um, you know, getting this win 52 to 24, I mean, the game was basically over at halftime. Like I said, with Ohio State and Bama too as well in those type of games, Ohio State had to score every time they touched the ball, man. That was the only way they were winning that game. They had to touch the ball and score every single time. Touchdowns every single time. Um, and they didn't do that. When they when they got down there and only got a field goal, the game was over at that point because Bama literally scored every drive after that. Every drive after that, Bama put up some type of points. Um you know, great season on Alabama. We can argue with who's the best offensive team, LSU of last year or, or Bama of this year, but both of them were very, very, very amazing. Um, I kind of want to give a little recap on college football, and then we're going to probably jump. And then some things to look forward to next year, too, as well. 
Um, this is just a, a few things I want to go over. Um, it looks like Tony Elliott and Brent Venables are both going to be back in Clemson next year. So I think Clemson has a lot to look forward to. As of right now, De'Aaron Kendrick um, has is coming back to Clemson. So as it looks, I'm expecting Nolan Turner probably to come back to Clemson as well. They're going to have all 11 starters back on defense, so that's going to be huge for Clemson. And I think they're only losing like four starters on the offensive side of the ball, which would be Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, which is huge, obviously. Um, also, as well, they would have um, – what's the left tackle name that they're uh, losing? Oh, God, it's slipping my mind right now. It's going to come to me in a few seconds. But they're losing him also as well, and they're losing um, Cornell Powell, obviously, who really just became a starter this year and Amari Rodgers. Um, so they are losing some things at, on the offensive side of the ball, but Clemson is still very, you know, loaded. They're very still loaded. So I think the pu the future for their, you know, for our program is still pretty bright. Alabama also as well is still <laughs> going to be very good. I mean, now they're bringing in this young kid, Bryce Young, who has already been hyped up coming into the year. Um so Bryce Young obviously is going to get his shot at everything here. Also as well, we've seen what that Brian Robinson kid could do. Trey Sanders should be back for them. They're still loaded at wide receiver. They're still going to have Bolton. Um, and what's that other wide receiver they got too that I like? He kind of reminds me of Ridley. Um, not Michi. It's another one they got. Xavier Williams. That's his name. He's still going to be there as well. So they're, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama is back in this game again next year. Um, some other things to look forward to. Texas fans should be excited about their future. Hiring Sark, I mean, we can see he's one of the best play callers in the game. He was great at USC. The only reason he was out of there because he was a drunk. Um, so that's really the only reason he was gone in the first place. Um, you know, and I'm not trying to make light of him, you know, having an alcohol problem. But I'm just saying that's why he was, you know, let go. Um, but he's a great coach and he's a great offensive mind. So Texas fans should be excited. I think North Carolina Tar Heel fans should be excited. Um, you know, you come back next year, Sam Howell is probably going to be his last year more than likely. Uh, offense, you know, they are losing those two great running backs they have. And also as well, De'Ami Brown. But they're still a pretty loaded team. And Mac Brown is recruiting really well. So I think that's another team that should be excited about the future. Um, also as well, Georgia. I know I slandered them a lot. I like to crack jokes on them. But Georgia also as well should be a very, very, you know, excited about next year program. Um, JT Daniels coming back, I believe, like most of their offense is coming back, if not all. Georgia should be excited about what the potential can be for next year. I think they're going to be very good. And like I told you all before, I think Clemson and Georgia could see each other twice next year. Um, so I think those are some of the teams that should be optimistic about, you know, everything that's going on right now. Um, you know, I think – I even think Miami should be optimistic about, you know, what's going on with their program right now. Um, they just picked up my guy from Oklahoma, Rambo. So, you know, that's going to be a huge pickup for them um, at the wide receiver position, a place in need of them. Also as well, hopefully De'Aaron King can recover from his, you know, ACL tear. But that's also another team that should be excited about what could be potentially in front of them next year. Um you know, those are just some of the teams I kind of wanted to touch on and kind of just, you know, talk about a little bit because I feel like some of those teams there should be excited about, you know, their future. They should be really excited about what's taking place. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of these teams know that and they're stepping into the 2021 and they should be excited. And some of those teams I just named, 
are the teams that should be excited coming into this year, man. So I just wanted to kind of give a, 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 a recap to say on the college football season, I'm just glad we got through it. Didn't think we were going to get here, but we did. So it's just a blessing in itself that, you know, no football player has literally died of COVID during this time. Um, so that's a blessing in itself. And I'm just glad we got through the season, man. Congrats to Alabama, Nick Saban, obviously the GOAT. I don't think we even have to talk about that. Um, I mean, he's one of the greatest to ever do it in any sport at this point. Um, so, yeah, that's basically that. So I just kind of want to give a, a ending on the college football season, man. Um, and, yeah, that's basically that, man. When we come back, I want to go ahead and jump into – some NFL football, man, because playoffs is here. We're in a divisional round now. We get to see the Chiefs this week. We get to see the Green Bay Packers this week. Excited to see what's going on. And let's also talk about what took place last week as well. When we come back, talk some T-Time, the podcast, NFL football. Let's jump into it. What is up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T-Time West, back at it again with another segment of Talks with T-Time, the podcast, episode 10 of season four. If you haven't already, follow me on the socials at AO underscore T-Time 9. Also, as well, you can follow the podcast socials as well. On Twitter, it's going to be Talks with T-Time P1. And also, as well, on Instagram, it's going to be Talks with T-Time, the podcast, man. If you haven't already, subscribe to our Page, channel, everything, man. I appreciate you guys' love and support, man. Let's go ahead and jump into some NFL football. I want to talk about some games that took place last week. So let's start off with the Buffalo Bills getting their first win in 25 years in the playoffs against the Indianapolis Colts, getting that win 27-24, which is actually the first win also as well for Josh Allen and company. Um, coming into this game, like I said, they were already the perimeter favorites. Um, Josh Allen had a great game, man. 26 for 35, 324 yards uh, and two touchdowns as well. Phillip Rivers, have we seen the last of him? 27 for 46, 309 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Diggs, once again, showing up and showing why he is possibly one of the top five wide receivers in the, really in the world, um, with six receptions, 128 yards. Um, man, let me just jump into this game, man. That was a very entertaining game. I actually really enjoyed watching this game. I thought it was going to be boring, but it actually was a decent game. Um, the Buffalo Bills are a really good team. Um, Diggs is a tremendous wide receiver. I know a lot of people was telling me two or three years ago, he's top five, he's top five. And I was like, no, he's not top five. But now he's definitely stepping into that role where you can start saying, okay, this guy's possibly top five. Um, Josh Allen is starting to look like a possible MVP-type caliber quarterback, which I never thought he would get to. I still think there's some things that he needs to work on. There's still some fine-tuning that he needs to work on, but this has by far been his most impressive year so far. Let's see if he can continue to be you know, impressive, but this has been pretty good for him this year. Um, the refereeing in this game wasn't the best, and I want to come out off the record and just go ahead and admit that. I didn't. I thought there was, should have been some, like the fact that Pascal's got away with that should have been fumble, which would have ended the game anyway. If Buffalo would have lost that game, I would have been mad for Buffalo because that's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, 
in my personal opinion, man, Buffalo's a really good team. We're going to learn, we're going to learn a lot about them this week. We're going to jump into that next um, after we talk about last week's games. Uh, the L.A. Rams went into Seattle with a backup quarterback at first, and um, he did end up getting hurt, but they win that game 30-20. to 20. There's a lot of disdain between these two teams. Um, I think there was a lot of Instagram and Twitter going back and forth between the teams and something about a cigar and taking pictures and all that good stuff. So there's a lot of smoke with both of these teams, man. Um, but the Seattle Seahawks fall short. 12-14 and 14 was expected to win, especially with the Rams coming in with a backup quarterback in this game. Um, Jared Goff went 9 for 19, 155 yards and a touchdown. Russell Wilson just has really struggled coming down the stretch here. I mean, he went 11 for 27, 174 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Cam Akers absolutely ate 28 carries for 131 yards and one touchdown. That's kind of crazy. Uh, 100 uh, and one touchdown, excuse me. Um, that's crazy because I remember at Cam Akers at Florida State, I mean, he was nowhere near um, what he is, but I think that a lot of that was offensive line play. And my father actually, my dad told me that. He was like, Cam Akers is going to be really good. Um, but, yeah, he really has proved to be really good. I mean, once again, let's just give a credit to that defense. I mean, obviously, Jalen Ramsey, probably the best cornerback in the game right now. Um, people don't even throw his way anymore, and can you blame him? Um, also, as well, just, you know, Darius Williams made a big play with that pick six he had on that screen play, which was huge for them. This Ram team is really good, man. I know – they have a hurt quarterback this year, and they go to Green Bay this week, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But this Ram team, I'm not even saying just this year, but maybe in the future. I mean, this team is really good, man. So uh, we'll jump into them, like I said, a little bit later, but I want to go over some of the games from last week. Tampa Bay also headed over to Landover, Maryland, right outside the capital, capital excuse me, to play the Washington football team, and they won that game 31 31- 223. Tom Brady looked amazing in that game, which once again, it is, you know, the Washington football team, but their defense is actually pretty decent. Um, he went 22 for 40, uh, 381 yards, two touches, you know, knee or leg or whatever the case is. I think it's pretty fine at this point. Um, Ty- Taylor Heineke, though, man, shout out to Taylor Heineke. I mean, you know, I'm not a fan of his political, you know, beliefs, but we're not going to really jump into that. But he did play a pretty good game, 26-44, you know, uh, 306 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Pretty good game for a backup quarterback, man. So, shout out to Taylor Heineke. He really did ball out in this game. Um, You know, basically, I thought Washington did better than what I really expected them. I think last week I came on here and I said I think Washington could, you know, lose this game 20-7. to but they put up 23 points with a backup quarterback. That's pretty impressive. Um, Washington, I think they're just a quarterback away. And maybe and maybe some O-line pieces away as well to being a really, really good team. Their defense is stout. Their defense is amazing. Um, O-line. O-line and a running back possibly. And I would maybe add one. I like Sims, but I would add one more receiver with McLaurin. Um, and I think that team could be – Really nice. I mean, even Logan Thomas has looked good at tight end this year for them, um, who's actually a former quarterback. So, um, once again, Tom Brady and Drew Brees are facing off this weekend. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Man, I, this was probably the most excited I was for any playoff game. I don't I don't have no team that's in the playoff at all, but I was so glad to see Lamar Jackson get his first playoff win, especially against Tennessee, the team that knocked them out last year. 
Lamar Jackson got a win. Finally got that monkey off his back. And um, they won the game over Tennessee in Tennessee, 20-13. to 13. Um, Lamar Jackson went 17 for 24, 179 yards. No touchdowns and an interception. But he also rushed for 16 carries and 136 yards and a touchdown. So big game for Marquise Brown as well. He showed up a lot in this game. I, I think I tweeted that, that Marquise Brown is really showing up today. And he really did. He was very impressive in this game. Um, and, I mean, we got to give the defense of Baltimore great credit. Derrick Henry had 40 yards the whole entire game. His longest run was eight yards, and I seen that run. And he had to fight for every yard of that. That defense came with a mission. Calais Campbell, um, you know, Everybody, they showed up. Patrick Queen was knocking guys down, standing over. I mean, that, that team came in with swagger all game. Uh, Marcus Peters, obviously. Murphy and the, uh, 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 Humphrey and them guys, you know, they, they it, it just loaded. The team came out and they flat out balled. So, shout out to the Ravens. I was glad to see Lamar Jackson finally get that monkey off his back. And we'll talk a little bit about their game coming up this week. The New Orleans Saints play the Chicago Bears. You're probably seeing Mr. Trubisky in a Bears jersey for the last time, so I know Chicago Bears fans are grateful to hear that. Um, they won that game, the New Orleans Saints, 21-9 in that game. Um, once again, just no offensive firepower from, you know, the Chicago Bears, but that's been their problem for a while. Uh, Drew Brees went 28 for 39, 265 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and then also as well, Alvin Kamara had 23 carries for 99 yards. Um, and it was, it was good to see Michael Thomas back in the end zone too as well because I think he had five receptions for 73 yards and a touchdown. Um, obviously, man, once again, this was a game that I expected this to happen. I thought it was going to be worse than this actually. I think I predicted a higher score than this last week. But the New Orleans Saints coming in this week playing Tampa Bay. We're going to jump into that in a few minutes. And then probably my second most happiest moment of the weekend. I don't know. This might be number one. Is the Cleveland freaking Browns. I just, you know what? We got to <laughs> clap it up for Browns fans around the world, man. I'm so happy for y'all, bro. Like, I'm not even going to tell you no lie. I'm not a Browns fan, but I'm going to tell you the truth. If y'all beat Kansas City this week, I'm rooting for y'all to go all the way, bro. I want y'all to win the whole thing. Browns got the dub over the Steelers, who I can't stand because I don't like their team. I don't like the players on their team. They just talk too much crap. I don't like their fans. None of that. And I got family members that are Steelers fans. So, but yeah, Cleveland Browns getting the win 48-37 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, they jumped off the gates 28-0 within like the first 10 minutes of the game. It was ridiculous. Um, Baker Mayfield went 21 for 34, 263 yards and three touchdowns as well. Nick Chubb went 18 for 76. Also as well, Jarvis Landry had five receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster actually had a good game. He had 13 receptions, 157 yards. But a lot of that was because they were down by so much, so quick. So they were throwing the ball. I think, let me roll up here, actually. Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 68 times. So they threw the ball a lot because they got down so quick. Um, obviously, the game momentum was set on the first play when my guy oversnapped Ben, um, when Ponzi oversnapped Ben Roethlisberger. The tone of the game was set from that point on. And really at that point, man, the Cleveland Browns never took their foot off the gas. Um, ben threw four touchdowns, four interceptions, just an atrocious game. Um 
it was bad, man. It it was bad. It was bad. Um, and the Cleveland Browns, man, advance another week, man. And I'm I'm telling you, man. I know I'm not the bigger Baker Mayfield fan, and I, you know, you know, I'm not the bigger biggest Mayfield fan. Excuse me, but. He's looked good ever since he's been catching that criticism like midseason, man. I got we got to give credit where credit is due, man. So let's go ahead and jump into these divisional rounds this week. So first game on Saturday is at 4:35 Eastern Time. We have the LA Rams going up to cold and probably snowy and probably windy Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, facing the Green Bay Packers. I think Green Bay blows them out. I'm sorry. I think with Jared Goff struggling with injury, I think with the Rams have never played good outside. Even the few times they played the Chicago Bears outdoors, they have struggled. I think the Green Bay Packers win this game pretty convincingly. I would say something on the lines of like 28 to 14. Um, I think the keys to the game for the Rams is they are going to have to contain and obviously – Put Aaron Rodgers on his backside. If they do not do that, if he has time to sit in the pocket and do what he needs to do and take a nap and call his girl and say, hey, bro, what you doing? It's going to be a long night for them. Um, that defense is very good. I know Aaron Donald has been struggling with some injury, but, you know, if they can't do that, it's going to be a long night for them. Um, but I got Green Bay winning this game. Give me Green Bay 28-14. to 14. Now, we have Buffalo going up against the Baltimore Ravens coming into this game. Um, I'm going to tell you all the truth. I got Baltimore winning this game, man. I think Baltimore pulls off the upset against the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think Baltimore is the hotter team at the moment. Um, I think Baltimore gets this win. I think it's close. I'm going to say the lines of like 24 to 21. I think Baltimore goes to Buffalo and gets the win over the number two seed Buffalo Bills in this game. Keys to the game for Baltimore. Baltimore is going to have to establish the run game. Um, Buffalo has a, a tremendous, you know, defense, especially a front seven and really back. They're really good. They're really good all over on the defense side of the ball. Um, they're going to have to establish the run and stick to it. You can't give in just because they stop it. You're going to have to start running the ball, and also as well, utilize Marquise Hollywood-Brown. I mean, they did it last week, and it worked out really good for them. Keys for Buffalo. Um, Buffalo is going to have to contain LJ8. I don't think that's really hard to think about. Contain him. Make sure if he's going to beat you, it's going to have to be through the air. Um, that's the only way I can see them winning that game. But I actually think that Buffalo is probably the better team, but I think Baltimore is hotter right now, and we know how the playoffs go. We've seen a 9-7 and Giant team Go to the Super Bowl. It's about who's hot right now. And I feel like right now Baltimore is hot. Um, coming into the next game that's going to be on Sunday at 3.05, we have the Cleveland Browns for the first time in so long, basically my whole life, um, getting to the divisional against the Kansas City Chiefs, the best team in football right now. I love the Cleveland Browns. Keys to the games first. Let me do that. Cleveland, y'all know what it is, man. Shut down the weapons. and it's, it, not, not even shut them down. Slow down the weapons because you can't shut that weaponry down. It's too many of them. They got you, sh you double on Kelsey, they just gonna go to Tariq Hill. You double on Tariq Hill, they just gonna go to Kelsey. You double on both, well, hell, they just gonna get it out to Clyde Hale. It's too many options. They're gonna hit Miko Harmon, they're gonna hit Sammy Watkins. Slow them down. 
That's all you can do and get as much pressure as possible on, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes. For, you know, for the Kansas City, just be you. Just be you. That's all you got to do is be you and you're going to win this game. I think Kansas City wins this game. I'm sorry, pretty convincingly. I say somewhere on the lines of like 31 to 14, something like that. And then the last game of the weekend, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to New Orleans on Sunday night at 640. Um, coming into this game, New Orleans has already beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice this season. Um, and both pretty convincingly as well. I'm going to tell you the truth. I think they make it a third time. Um, this New Orleans team is very balanced. They're very, the thing that makes me, I hate giving the New Orleans Hornets, I mean not the New Orleans Hornets, the New Orleans Saints compliments because I hate them. Because, you know, with me growing up being a Panther fan, I grew up to hate them. But I just, you got to call a spade a spade, man. That team is so freaking balanced, man. Um, they're good. They're amazing. They're sound on both sides of the ball. Uh, CJ, CJ, uh, CGJ, he's playing amazing right now. Um, that's just that, man. I can't really, they don't have any holes. The Saints don't have any holes right now. Um, that's just, that's just what I think. They don't have any holes. Tampa Bay is a lot more question, you know, with what they got going on with Devin White and stuff like that, with his injury status. They're a lot more questionable at this point. Than New Orleans. Give me New Orleans in this game. I think they win. I think it's closer. I think they win the game probably like 27 to 21. Um, so that's my personal opinion on this week's games. Now I want to go over a few other things here just going on right now. It's a lot of hiring going on right now in the NFL. Obviously, probably the biggest news that just broke probably about 35 minutes ago before I start this podcast. Urban Meyer will be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer will be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it looks like, you know, if everything lines up, how people saying it's going to line up, looks like they're going to have Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, DJ Chalk, James Robinson, um, Chenault. They're going to be loaded. And 11 picks coming up in this draft. The Jaguars are playing with a lot of house money. Um, you know, obviously for very obvious reasons, um, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see what, you know, the Jaguars do. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. Like I just said, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, man. I'm, I'm very interested to see what Urban Meyer can do. Um, and I'm very also interested as well to see what him and Trevor Lawrence can do mostly. That's really what I want to see, um, more than anything. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's probably the biggest news as right now. A lot of other news coming out about, you know, obviously GMs getting hired. The Panthers offered the job to the Seahawks, former VP. Um, well, it looks like he, they just offered him a job. They really don't know if he's even agreed to terms yet at this moment, but they have offered, um, I, they have offered Scott Fitter. Um, the job in Carolina. Um, he's been with Seattle since 2001. So, obviously, uh, kudos to the Carolina Panthers going ahead and doing that. Also, as well, the Lions have also hired a GM as well. T 
today. Um, so they have did a tremendous job doing that. Everybody's trying to lock in right now because it's getting to the point where it's time to start making, you know, some decisions. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's important as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name that the Lions hired today. So y'all just be – oh, Brad Holmes. That's his name. He spent most of his time with the Rams. Um, so it's interesting to see these hires go up, a lot of other stuff. We still waiting to hear what the Falcons are going to do coaching-wise and, you know, GM-wise. It seems like coaching-wise they're leaning kind of towards uh, either Arthur Smith or Joe Brady from Carolina. So we'll just see how this thing plays out, man. I'm very interested to see kind of what happens at this point. Um, if you haven't already, I need you to go ahead and follow me, like I said, on the socials at AR underscore T time 9. And then also as well on the podcast page socials on Instagram is going to be talks with Tea Time the podcast. And then also as well um, on Twitter, it's going to be talks with Tea Time P1. When we get back, let's go ahead and jump into some NBA talk. Them trades going crazy. The Brooklyn Bridge about to be lit. Let's talk about James Harden heading over to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, what up? up you guys it's your boy Tony T-Time West with another segment of Talks with T-Time the podcast man if you haven't already go ahead and subscribe to this podcast go ahead and give us a five star like and also as well follow us on the socials at AO underscore T-Time 9 man also as well follow us on the Instagram page for the podcast at Talks with T-Time podcast and then follow us on Twitter as well at Talks with T-Time P1 Man, listen, y'all know what that intro is. That's that Ja Rule. I'm from New York. We got to jump into Brooklyn. Yes, sir. Brooklyn. Let's go ahead and jump into them. Acquiring one of the top 10 players in the NBA in James Harden. Let's talk about this, man. I want to go over the trade details because it's a lot to it. So I want to break it down fully and, you know, we'll go from there. So... Brooklyn, in this trade, proposed a trade of four first-round picks, which I believe is 2022, 2024, 2026, and 2028, I believe. Also, as well, they gave up Karis LeVert, who was then flipped from Houston to the Pacers for Victor Depot. Dante Exum is also heading to Houston. Kukras is heading to Houston as well. And Cleveland also got involved in this trade. They picked up Jared Allen from Brooklyn and also as well Teron Prince from Brooklyn. So let me break that down again. Houston gives up James Harden. Brooklyn gives up Karis LeVert, who actually Houston ends up giving up to Indiana. And then they also, Brooklyn gives up Exum, Krukas, Four first-round picks and four pick swaps. And then Cleveland from Brooklyn received Jared Allen and Teron Prince. So that's the breakdown of what happened. Obviously, we know what it is, man. We know James Harden. 
wanted out of Brooklyn, especially after some of the comments that he's made this past week. You knew it was coming to an end. If he stepped in that facility yesterday, excuse my language, mama and daddy, he would have got his ass beat. Let's just be straight up honest. He would have got whooped. If he stepped into that, if he stepped into that facility, DeMarcus' cousin had talked about he was tired of the disrespect, and y'all know how he get down. John Wall was talking about disrespect and not people not buying in. Y'all know how he get down. All these guys talking about we feel disrespected by him. Man, look, Gordon, even Gordon had came out. Eric Gordon had said, came out and said, man, this is, we, we tired of, we got to get, you know, focused. We've been too distracted by this whole trade stuff. So now moving forward, now moving forward, the Houston Rockets can just focus on getting better as a team now because everybody wants to be there now. James Harden, I'm not condoning this or anything like this. James Harden did exactly the smartest thing anybody can do. Make it as uncomfortable as possible. If you want, and I'm not encouraging that. I'm not telling kids, hey, when you don't get your way, crack a little babe. I'm not saying that. But as a superstar in the NBA, we know this. We know this. We know. The, M the NBA stars run the lead. I'm going to tell you seven players right now that can go anywhere they want to go. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the Greek Freak, Steph Curry, um, KD, James Harden, and I would even throw possibly, I'm going to say eight, Damian Lillard. Those eight individuals there probably, and I'm probably missing some, but them was the eight I can mainly think of. Those guys can go wherever they want. They dictate where they want to want to go. Honestly, they can because they are superstars. I would even say probably Luka too, honestly. I probably would throw Luka in there. Luka Donis could probably pick and choose where he wants to go to at this point if he really, really wanted to. The NBA superstars run this league, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not against it. I'm not against these guys picking and choosing where they want to go. I'm not against it at all. Um, to me personally, Brooklyn at this point, let's talk about that. The pressure is on Brooklyn. You got to get to the finals at this point. You got to get to the finals at this point. It's not even a question. You have to get to the finals. With this loaded of a squad, it's almost going to be a disappointment if you don't make it to the finals. When you have, I don't care about the, I hear a lot of y'all crying saying, they don't have no depth and they don't do, 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 do. Man, who freaking cares? They have three of the top 15 players in the freaking lead. Who cares about depth at that point? The Lakers last year had two of the top five and they won a championship with basically no depth. Don't tell me, don't tell me Caruso is depth. Don't tell me, uh, you know, people like that, uh, Quinn Cook is depth. I man, forget those guys, man. AD and LeBron is why they won that championship last year. Straight up. The Lakers didn't have no depth. Y'all said the same thing when the Lakers traded all their stuff for AD. Y'all said, oh, my God, the Lakers ain't going to have no depth. And literally the next year they won the whole thing. I don't want to hear anything about depth at this point. So please quit bringing that up. If Brooklyn don't at least make it to the finals, I'm going to be disappointed. Especially, I, I, 
I might give them a little bit of a break this year, but next year when they have a full, complete year with each other, oh, yeah, it's not an excuse. They better be coming out the East. Now, the thing that's tricky about this and who's playing the keyest role out of even everybody in this whole formula is Kyrie Irving. Can Kyrie Irving sit down now and actually focus on basketball and say, yo, this is what we're doing? Now, we got three strong personalities going to be in the room with each other all the time. We have James Harden. Obviously, we've just seen what he just did with Houston. So he showed you he can be a little bit of a diva. And he's very, you know, ball-oriented. We got Kyrie. Kyrie is just a weird dude, man. And I'm not just trying to crap on him or nothing like that. He's just kind of different, you know what I'm saying? And we know how KD is. I'm not going to call KD sensitive, but we know how he is. You feel me? One little thing can tick him off and get him going. Matter of fact, I seen him in somebody's Instagram comments today before I started this podcast going off on somebody. I'm just telling you what it could be, man. This could be a disaster. It could. But it should have these brothers in the finals. Because they are too good to be outside of it. They are too good to be outside of the finals at this point. Now, this is who I think is the winner and loser of the trade. You want to know who's the biggest loser of this trade? I'm going to be honest with you. It's not. The biggest loser of this trade is nobody involved with this trade. Let me repeat this again. The loser of this trade is nobody who's involved in this trade. You want to hear who's the real loser? In this trade, Giannis, the Greek freak, is the hugest loser in this trade. He talks about bringing a championship to Milwaukee. Brother, that ain't happening, at least for the next three or four years, at the rate it's looking. They have Kyrie under contract for, for four or three years. Harden has this year and next year, and if they do great next year and this year and everything goes well, he's more than likely going to sign back. They have KD for four more years. And the way KD looks right now, he looks like the decline is not happening at this moment, even after coming off an Achilles tear. I'm telling you like this, man. Greek Freak is the biggest loser in this trade. Yes, he got paid. Yes, he's the richest person in the NBA right now. Richest player, highest paid player. Yes, yes, yes. All that is true. But if his prime goal is to win a championship, he is the biggest loser in this trade because now I'm going to tell you, they're not winning the East. They're not winning the East this year, and they're not winning the East next year. That's just that. They're not winning the East. Now, when James Harden gets, you know, when we see a decision made with James Harden, he might stay. He might say, hey, I'm ready to be the guy again. We don't know. To me, I don't see the Greek Freak even possibly getting out the Eastern Conference Finals, really, for sure, for the next two years. And I might go ahead and say for the next three years, I don't see him getting out. But a lot of things change in the NBA. Obviously, if you would have told me, at the beginning of the year or the beginning of 2020, would James Harden be leaving the Houston Rockets? I'd be like, no. And that was just 12 months ago. So who knows? A lot of things can change between then and now. But the Brooklyn Nets should definitely be on the road to the Eastern Conference Finals. It should really, at this point, be a walk in the park with all that talent on that team. Now, 
Let me talk a little bit about, uh, let me talk a little bit about the East and the Eastern standings as of right now. So there's obviously games going on as I'm speaking, but we have Boston, who's number one in the league right now, but they're tied with Milwaukee and the 76ers. Um, also as well, the Indiana Pacers are just a game and a half out. Brooklyn has now became a game and a half out of first place. The Hornets are at seven with two games out of the first place, and then the Hawks are at eight, two games out of the first place. And then on the outside looking in, it's the Miami Heat, and then the New York Knicks, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. So Washington hasn't took that next step with Russ, uh, with uh, Russ, and Toronto has been really surprisingly really bad. Uh, on the Western Conference, I mean the Lakers, I still feel like are the best team right now in the NBA. They've won four games straight. They're eight in the last ten. Um, they're ten and three right now. Lakers are like the most the, the most consistently good team. They're seven and zero away from home. They haven't lost a game away yet. Um, you know, the Clippers are behind them at 8-4. The Utah Jazz are 7-4. The Phoenix Sun are 7-4. The Portland Trailblazers have finally kind of woke up in their 7-4. The Dallas Mavericks are 6-4. And, and the Warriors are 6-5. And, and also as well, the Spurs are 6-5 coming in at the 8th seed. Want to see what Denver can do, Memphis as well, and see if they can wake up. Um, In my personal opinion, man, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really see how... Brooklyn doesn't work up this chart. They're better than Orlando. They're better than Indiana. I I think they're better than every team in the East, even the Celtics. And the Celtics have a lot of depth and a lot of good players on the team. But I think they're better than the Celtics. The Brooklyn Nets are the real deal. And when they get everybody back in, in sound, they're going to be the real deal. And that's just that. Brooklyn fans, y'all should be excited. I know my aunt, she lives in Brooklyn. She's a Brooklyn Nets fan, so I know she's probably excited, you know, about everything that's going on right now in Brooklyn. And um, they should be excited about everything that's taking place right now for that team. They did a great job building it up. Steve Nash, obviously, is the coach there. So we'll see how that goes in the relationship with him and Kyrie Irving because apparently Kyrie didn't even want him there. Um, but, yeah, Brooklyn, y'all should be very excited. Y'all should be very excited right now. Um, you know, that's, that's just a fact. Y'all should be excited and I'm excited for y'all. The Brooklyn Nets have kind of became that face of New York. Cause it's definitely not the New York Knicks at this point. And I honestly believe that the Brooklyn Nets can become the face of New York city. So that's my own personal opinion. Listen, man, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. When we get back, we're going to have some fun for the last five or so minutes of the podcast with the Ain't Worth a Nothing of the Week award. It might go to a few people, and I'll explain it when we get back. It's Talks Tea Time, the podcast. What is up, you guys? It's the last segment of Talks with T-Time, the podcast, man. Listen, episode 10 of season 4, man. Appreciate you guys' love and support. Y'all already know the drill. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and hit that five-star button as well. Go ahead and follow the socials. Y'all know what it is at this point. Listen, I'm bringing a new segment to the podcast 
page, man. Uh, so basically, this new segment is going to basically be called the Ain't Worth a Nothing Award of the Week. So basically, the Ain't Worth a Nothing Award segment is going to basically be when somebody do something that ain't worth nothing. If somebody do something that's horrible, somebody do something that's stupid, somebody do something that's just dumb or just crazy, it's going to be on the Ain't Worth a Nothing Award. And this could be in sports. This week I'm just going to be in sports or maybe in general. I don't know. But it could be in sports, in life, just in general. Man, listen, we're going to have fun with this segment. And then, like I said, when I have guests on, I'm even having them bring up something that's going on right now that ain't worth a nothing. If anybody know me personally, they know that's one of my favorite lines to say is when somebody do something stupid or somebody do something that really ain't good, I'll be like, yo, they ain't worth a nothing. That's just that. You know what I'm saying? They ain't worth a nothing. So, that's how I do at least. So, Let's go ahead and jump into it. So the first Ain't Worth a Nothing Award I got to give out to. I got to give the Ain't Worth a Nothing Award to Kerry Combs, defensive coordinator for Ohio State. Brother, what was you thinking for one, putting Sean Wade on Devontae Smith one-on-one -on -one all night in the national championship? Brother, what was you thinking? Brother, I know this your your first full year. Well, no, this is, no, this is, yeah, this is his first, well, this is his first full year being a, a defensive coordinator, but brother, I don't know what you was thinking. That was horrible. Don't do that again, brother. Had that man on one-on-one -on -one coverage against Devontae Smith, and he ate him up. Sean Wade has regressed tremendously. Kerry Combs, oh, one more thing. He had Turf Borland on he had Turf Borland on one-on-one -on -one coverage. <laughs> Middle linebacker. He had him on one-on-one -on -one coverage with Devontae Smith. Kerry <laughs> Combs, bro, I'm sorry. I know Alabama loaded G, but, man, for that, you ain't worth a nothing. Listen, man, we got to get one more ain't worth the nothing award out, bro. <laughs> Ooh, this is funny. I like this. We got to give an Ain't Worth the Nothing Award out for another person here. Um, another person that got to get the Ain't Worth a Nothing Award of the Week is actually on the same team, Sean Wade. Sean Wade asked and went out on the record, on the interview, and said, hey, I want to guard. Y'all know who I want to guard. I want to guard Devontae Smith. Put him on me. I want to guard him. Devontae Smith went for 12 receptions and 215 yards in the first quarter. Most of that was against Sean Wade. Sean Wade, dude, you're not that good. I'm sorry. You're probably more so out of position. I think you might be more so like a nickel corner and probably more so like a safety because you're too slow. Um... Dude, stop calling out people that are just way more talented than you. Just stop. Man, listen. That's just what it is. Just stop it, bro. Sean Wade, I gotta give you the Ain't Worth a Nothing Award this week as well with your defensive coordinator. You called out one of the best wide receivers in the country and you got dealt with. I'm sorry, man. I gotta call you out on it. Listen. Hate to be real, but Sean Wade... You probably want to come back to Ohio State for another year 
And also as well, I'm going to have to put you on that ain't worth a nothing award list, especially this week after you talked that crap and was just ready to shut dude down and then obviously just got torched all week. And then one more ain't worth a nothing award I got to give out. And this is, you know, uh, more so like a human realistic one not no, you know, this is just more not even involving sports. I got to give an ain't worth a nothing award out to a woman in Atlanta, Georgia, who her husband went and, and bought her a whole bunch of stuff because they were having their first child. The husband, I think he went viral and all that good stuff. And the husband went and bought her like a whole bunch of designer clothes and designer shoes and everything for, you know, kind of like him giving a gift for her giving a gift of him having his first kid. And six months later, he has found out the baby is not his. The baby's not his. Not his at all. I don't know what this young woman's name is. I'm not going to call her out even if I did know what her name is. But I'm sorry. She goes on the ain't worth a nothing award list. You can't sit up here. And, and they were married. Which means she cheated in the marriage. And got pregnant by another man. <laughs> Let's put that all in conception. And this guy went and spent, I think they said over like $10,000 on her. And apparently the kid wasn't even his. And I'm not trying to make light of that because that really is a serious subject. And that is probably gut-wrenching as a father. Um, but yeah, come to find out six months later, the baby is not even his. So we're going to have to give that lady in Atlanta, Georgia, a Ain't Worth a Nothing Award Platinum Edition. Because that's just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, man, that's going to end off the ain't worth the nothing. That's going to end off Talks with T-Time tonight, man. Listen, Talks with T-Time, the podcast, we're on our way up, man. 2021, we're going to be real successful, man. Listen, love you guys. Appreciate you guys' love and support. Continue to subscribe to the podcast as well. Follow the socials. Y'all know what those are. Listen, man, love you guys. We'll be back at it again next week to go over some NFL playoff football. Talk to y'all later, man. Love y'all.